Hello, this is Michael Stone, the host of We Earth Radio, where we have conversations that make a difference. We're committed to bringing you leading edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. In our programs, we look for positive solutions to local and global issues that leave you touched, moved, and inspired to action. Our weekly guests include local and global experts and concerned citizens working together to heal the wounds that separate, alienate, and marginalize people. Hello, everyone. I hope you're staying cool during these hot days. Glad to feel the temperature going down a bit here. Today, I wanted to do a special show about a project that I've been working on now for the past three months. Actually, I've been doing this for seven years every summer. It's called the Shamanic Wisdom Summit. And as someone on the faculty of the Shift Network, I've been producing it. And this year, we've totally outdone ourselves. We have uh, five full days. And I wanna give you a pass to it. So it's free for 48 hours to listen to all these amazing wisdom keepers, mystics, elders, and uh, indigenous earth-based philosophies. And you can go to my site, Well of Light, that's W-E-L-L-O-F-L-I-G-H-T to get more information around it. But I wanted to share a little bit about it because it's really an amazing opportunity. We are looking at perhaps 200,000 people this year, which is double what we did last year, but it, it's so important and timely because of the environmental issues, the health issues, the climate change issues. All of these are very much related to a whole systems perspective. And so I just want to uh, invite you to, to uh, have an experience of this. And what I'll do in this show is I'll play a few clips from different people that we'll be having on the summit, uh, which starts in uh, just about 16 days, July 19th to the 23rd. We will be having more than 40 of the world's foremost teachers, really luminaries, in the area of both inner science and outer science and deep earth-based wisdom. So, you know, we'll be sharing incredible stories, music, prophecies of our time, ancient healing wisdom, and really practical uh, teachings and practices to help you experience this deep spiritual connection that's awakening in all of us and this deep healing with nature, ourselves, and each other. So we'll be exploring the wild wisdom of nature in this event. And again, you can uh, get more information about it by going to welloflight.com, W-E-L-L-O-F-L-I-G-H-T.com. One of the things that you might be interested in is that I will be offering a free six-month bonus of a course that I have led in the past. This is the recordings of the course on transforming stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, a pretty important subject at this time in our evolution. And uh, you'll receive one of the hour and a half long sessions each month. 
So you can do that by becoming a member, signing a free event. So you can just go to welloflight.com, click on the event, and you'll get a free pass for 48 hours of each of the people. So you can listen for 48 hours. And there's a lot of people to listen to, but also there's this uh, bonus. I also, as a bonus, have offered something that Heather Ashamara, the woman who created the Warrior Goddess series, and I had a conversation about what is love. And it was really a great conversation. So that's another bonus that I've offered. Uh, among other things, there's a lot of things in this um, 2021 Shamanic Wisdom Summit. And just some amazing people, grandmother, great-grandmother Mary Lyons, who's just a hoot, Alberto Violdo, Evelyn Reisdyke, Matthew Fox, many, many of the great wisdom keepers here, and many new people. As Winona Duke will be on this year, Reverend Deborah Johnson from, um, I forgot the name of the big church down in Southern California, but she's very amazing. And of course, Sandra Ingerman is there. She's always been there. And Puma Freddie Quisp. I'm going to play you some quotes of these, but I just want to tell you some of the amazing people. Don, uh, Don Jose Ruiz. And if you want to watch a really great one, Queen Mother and Kidada. Those are fabulous. My own teacher, Thomas Hubel. I have an interview with on there. And um, Bola Bonstola from Nepal. He's a, a shamanic wisdom keeper and and just an amazing person. And Don Oscar uh, Miracaseda will be on. Another couple, maybe I'll play you some of these clips too. Andrew Harvey and Mirabai Starr. Michael Mead, Langston Khan. Just a huge number of people, known and unknown. Yeah. So let's play you a clip from one of them. So here's a link from Puma. Freddie Puma Quisp is uh, a Peruvian shaman, and in the video you'll see him sitting on the top of one of the great mountains around Cusco, Peru, and behind him is this incredible range of mountains, and he's uh, quite delightful. And he's talking about Aini. In Quechua, Aini means sacred reciprocity. So let's listen to Freddie Puma Quisp. Aini is also the nature of being unconditional. And that's, that's the gift we receive from our ancestors. You know, they prayed for us. They were in ceremony. They, they were making rituals, you know, thousands of years ago for there always to be water in our land, for there to always be harmony and peace for there to be good health, uh, for us to not to go hungry or thirsty. And often we think we are living on the prayers of our ancestors. And they did that unconditionally. You know, they did that from that uh, unconditional, cosmic, sublime love. That's Freddie Puma Quisp. The reason I'm sharing these with you today is that I'm really committed to sharing with people the ancient as well as the contemporary approaches to 
the perennial earth-based wisdom that encompasses hundreds of thousands of different lineage over the years, but different earth-based traditions and teachings that assist in awakening, in healing, in transformation. If you look around, you'll see today that the cultural divides seem almost unbearable. They're so prevalent and they're everywhere. And how can we learn and practice the core principles of shamanic, of the mystical teachings for healing without tapping into cultural appropriation and whitewashing of the wisdom traditions? And that's what this summit is all about. It's about approaching approaching the ancient ways of medicine and healing from an authentic, ancient perspective, also taking into account the contemporary wisdom uh, with people like Thomas Hubel. Thomas has actually been my teacher for a number of years. And in fact, I'm committed to working with him over the next three years pretty intensely. But Thomas is the founder of the Academy of Inner Sciences and is on the leading edge of trauma-informed awakening. And what does that mean? When we talk about trauma, we're talking about frozen past, not the big T that was someone was uh, in an accident, was raped, was beaten. Those things are trauma, but little, little traumas that happen in our early attachment phases, not getting, getting the neat nurturing, not getting, <clears throat> not getting the uh, touch and and uh, being feeling seen and heard. So I want to play a clip of uh, Thomas also. So this is Thomas Hubel that I'm playing now. There's a part of the practice that deepens my own embodiment and integration in the world. There's a part of my, my practice that opens up higher capacities and, and like a deeper connection to source. And at the same time, I think the evolutionary fuel is like same like cars are changing their their engines. I think humanity is changing its engine into kind of collaborative synergies. And so we are we are, you know, this is an example of a collaborative synergy where we come together and we do things together and we we create a space that downloads more than just one of us could do alone or on his own. And so I think the, the way we engage in the world as an outcome of our integrative process is fantastic because then the world that I save is not out there, but is an, I'm an integral part of the world that is changing. So I'm part of its change. And I think if we, if you see the individual, collective and transpersonal and relational practices as one set, then we have actually a very powerful uh, mystical practice that helps us to become more and more awake, but that also helps us to contribute to a more and more unified world. If you've been listening to my show for a while, you know that I spend a lot of time talking about trauma. I'm a trauma facilitator, helping people to deal with trauma. And of course, my background, besides the studies and paper, is that I'm a trauma survivor and really a trauma thriver. 
And um, when I talk about trauma, some people often think that, oh, it's some big thing that happened. But uh, as I said earlier, it's we all have trauma, early trauma. In fact, we swim in a sea of trauma. When I first started We Earth Radio, which was formerly called Conversations 16 years ago, it was based on the work that I was doing with the Pachamama Alliance out of uh, Quito, Peru, uh, I'm sorry, Quito, Ecuador, and uh, San Francisco. And the purpose of the organization which I was a part of and still teach the symposium, which is part of Pachamama, was to bring forth an environmentally sustainable, spiritually fulfilling and socially just human presence on the planet. A big goal, right? But it was, you know, one that really awoken in me and, and I was committed to it. And I started the show out early on talking a lot about and with the climate experts, you know, Bill McKibben and Richard Heinberg and Joanna Macy, all of those people who were really at the forefront of what's happening in the climate change issue, which I had been talking to for 20 years before that. And I realized that for the most part, I was preaching to the choir. It wasn't really making a difference. And I was traveling around covering climate change conferences and really, it was really dedicated to making a difference uh, in the climate area. And I, and I got really touched by climate justice to see that the people who were polluting were not the people that were suffering the most. It was the countries that were being impacted by what we were doing not to put any guilt out there, but uh, just our lifestyle was such that we were taking 10 times the resources and causing 20 times the amount of pollution of some of the, what we would call third world countries or non-industrialized countries. And so, you know, for a long time, I looked at social justice and climate justice and worked on those issues. and. Finally, I thought, you know, this is going to take a spiritual awakening because none of this is working. Nobody's uh, really making any difference, any impact. So we started really focusing on the spiritual aspect. And those of you who have been listening for a while know I've had many of the great spiritual teachers, meditators, inner science work, uh, neuroscience work, and... Um, you know, it's still, I got to a point somewhere, I'm sorry to say, about three or four years ago where I said, you know, we're screwed. We're really screwed. And, and I really had to meditate on that. And I was looking for what the answer was. And that was when I met Thomas Hubel. And Thomas Hubel said something in a lecture or something I was listening to that we are living in a sea of trauma. And I went, oh my God, that's the missing link. That's the missing part. We are living in a sea of trauma, not just personal trauma, but collective trauma, ancestral trauma, uh, intergenerational kind of trauma, you know, all of this, this uh, trauma. And suddenly in the last few years, trauma has been a big subject. So I started working in the area, bringing it into my counseling practice, uh, 
you know, and um, and seeing that, wow, you know, this trauma is not that something's broken or something's wrong with us because we do all these programs to learn people listen to the program to learn things you know we earth radio to learn things about how i can be more healthy more vibrant more alive but the underlying issue is that we feel that something is broken or something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with you. Something's wrong with the world. How could it have gotten this bad? But the reality is from a whole system's perspective, there is nothing broken in you or in the world. What there is, is a very intelligent nervous system, which all of us have. And through thousands of years of evolution, our ancestors have been through this too with war and famine and climate change and all of the plagues and things that, that we've been through ancestrally and currently, how it's escalated with the modern world producing so much more carbon and, and climate change, that it's really escalated. But in fact, when you look at the heart of the matter, what you see is that we have an intelligence system that's been evolving for millions of years and it knows when there's a threat to our survival or a perceived threat to our survival. So when we're very young and something happens like the dog barks or um, our parents don't have time to pay attention to or, or we have a serious like being terrorized sometimes as children, the nervous system, the intelligence of our nervous system shuts something down. So that's an intelligence. That's a childhood friend, actually. And it is our ability to survive in overly fearful or challenging times. So when I'm talking about challenge, uh, when I'm talking about this whole area of trauma, it's not that something's broken, it's act that actually that something is really working with us individual, within the ecosystem, because life wants to live. Life is programmed to thrive. Look at it, it's been going on for billions of years. And we're part of that. We're an integral, integrated part of that. So, which is also interesting because that means that our own personal healing, healing meaning coming to wholeness by integrating and digesting these frozen experiences from the past, that when we do the work of integration, of looking at our shadow parts, of embracing and loving our shadow parts, of doing meditation and spiritual practices, we create more inner spaciousness. And what happens when you create more inner space, those of you who are meditators know that you get all calm and things open up and you're sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, you've been meditating for a week or a month or a few months and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose and there's wild stallions in my head and, and they're just romping through my, my chat room up here and I can't sit still and all this energy is moving through me. That's really a good thing. That, I know it's hard to sit with, it's hard to be with that, but that means that suddenly your nervous system says, oh, I think it's safe to show these parts that have been pushed down, 
been suppressed, dissociated, these soul loss parts that we have. So, you know, when you open up to that, you create more inner space. When you create more inner space for yourself, you also create more space around you. So the reason I often talk about trauma in this and look at different ways to deal with trauma on this show is because it, I feel it is essential to the future of life on this planet that we come to grips with that, that we come to places of reconciliation with um, the genocide and uh, all the things that are going on here in Canada, discovering in the in the uh, school residential schools, all, all these children that were killed and buried, and the the ongoing genocide around the planet and slavery and the way we've separated ourselves and and the wars and things, we have to come to some reconciliation, but. My sense is that, yes, there's a lot of work to do out there, but the real work is to do the inner work. And that's really what, for me, the summit is, is gathering together wisdom keepers from around the world that have different perspectives on Earth-based technologies, really, ancient technologies, for living in harmony, for digesting and integrating these frozen parts of our past so that we can live fully and completely in a more state of presence. Another area that we talk about in the summit, uh, and again, if you'd like to get a free pass to the summer summit, just go to welloflight.com and you can click on the link there and get a free pass. But one of the big issues is we don't honor our ancestors and there's so much wisdom that we can receive by really connecting with our ancestors. Uh, our ancestors have been through all of, you know, plagues, war, famine, genocide, all of these things. And so there's a real sense of when we connect with the ancestors, there's work that was done back there, like resilience that we can honor and experience. But there's also areas where we're here now in this lineage and in the present time we can connect with. And this is, you know, at the heart of all suffering is the lack of connection, that we are disconnected. We're disconnected from our bodies. We're disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from nature. And we're disconnected from our ancestors. So I think it's really important that we begin to honor and appreciate the long line Billions of years, life has been living and wanting to live. Life, life is designed to live, and it's designed to live through us. So one of the resources that we really want to uh, talk about here in the summit and, and, and sometimes on this show is the resource of our ancestors. One of the people I brought to the Shamanic Wisdom summit this year, I met through Peter Levine, one of the leaders in trauma research. And uh, she, her name is Ifu Nayaki. And she was born and raised in Tanzania. 
and she uh, is a member of Peter's Somatic Experiencing Training. She's also a professor of Family Constellation Systems Therapy. And uh, if you haven't ever experienced that, that's an amazing, hard to describe, but it's an amazing way to connect with our ancestors and our lineage. And Ifu Nayaki has been, for the last 27 years, last 27 years, living in Brazil and facilitating training and therapy for trauma healing and somatic experiencing and family constellation work. So I'll uh, just play you a little clip from uh, her expression. And of course, this is a full hour. I'm just taking out a few little tidbits for you so you can get a sense of the people that we're uh, talking to. First, get in touch with ourselves. Like you said at the beginning, just few seconds of connecting, that's it. And then I'm ready, yeah? And then afterwards I can connect with you. You know, Mike, I cannot connect with you if I'm not connected with myself. I will look at you, but I don't see you. I just see the you know, fuzzy energy there. Huh? So I connect with myself so that I can connect with you. But to connect with myself, it goes down to my ancestors, you see. I have to have that part also. And that's what I think even in the U.S., for me, the, the Black people also, if they connect with the ancestors in a way you feel like, um, uh, because they were slaves, they suffered, then they feel suffering. But if they connect with the ancestors through resources, they feel safer. That was Ifu Nayaki, and she will be part of the summit. Of course, I'm just giving you little clips so you can get a taste, because I really want you to have an opportunity to, uh, uh, to be part of the Shamanic Wisdom Summit this year because there's so many incredible people one of the people yeah and you can get a free pass if you just go to well of light l-i-g-h-t.com well of light and you can just it's on the home page there you can click on it so one of the other people that uh i just adore and i've known him for many many years is michael mead michael is a renowned storyteller author scholar of mythology, anthropology, and psychology, and he combines hypnotic storytelling, street-savvy perceptiveness, and just spellbinding interpretations of ancient myths and deep knowledge of cross-cultural rituals. So I wanted to play a clip uh, from Michael's talk also, and we were talking about creation stories, all ancient um, earth-based spirituality, they always have a creation story. And uh, it's really interesting. If you know the creation story, you really know a lot about that particular uh, tribe and people and how the, their worldview, the, the way that they view the world. And of course, most of the ancient ones are all um, earth-based creation stories. But Michael takes a turn on creation stories and talks about our own individual creation stories. So I want to share a little clip from you. And again, this is just a few minutes of a hour-long presentation. All of these presentations I'm sharing with you are actually hour-long. So here's Michael Mead. So because I love creation stories, um, I started to think about the person's birth story 
as a creation story. Mm. And uh, so, for instance, you know, a person doesn't know their own birth story because they're so infantile and freshly out of the womb and they bail and their eyes are just opening. They don't know what's really going on. So usually the story exists in the family. So as a kid, I would hear my mother saying to neighbors or visitors, well, that one, she'd point at me. She said he was born. That was the worst night of my life. That was hell. It was not just a snowstorm, but there was lightning. It was so dark. No one thought the light would ever come back. And he was born in the midst of that. That She would do that right in front of me as a child. You know, mothers do that, you know. And so it was bothersome, but it stuck with me. Um, and so years later, I think I might have been late 30s or something. I had moved to the uh, West Coast sometimes the family fate is so strong you have to do geographical therapy so i had moved from new york to the west coast and and uh and i called my mother one morning which is something i rarely did and uh and and she said almost out of the blue she said well if you're ever having a hard time you know trying to enter something or or begin something it wouldn't be surprising because your birth was so difficult mm. like my mother as, you know, savant, <laughs> uh, this wasn't typical of her. And I was in a rough time and she somehow picked that up. And so then now I have my story, you know, and then on another occasion, she helped me out too. One time she said to me in anger, what makes you think you were a wanted child? Ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, ouch in a good way though. You know, because it was really true. I knew it. Every unwanted child knows they were unwanted, you know. So now I had these two pieces. One was, I'm not a wanted child, but I'm here. So it must be me that wants to live this life. That was really helpful to me that I'm not. In other words, when you talk about the story, I can never change my story and go back and get my mother to want me. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. Aha. I can want myself being here. This lifetime is about a desire on my part to be here. So that was helpful to me. And then I combined that with the idea when I start something new, my birth story will recreate itself and I will find it really hard and dark. I think everybody's against me. I'm waiting for the lightning to strike. <laughs> and once I realized that, then I understand, oh, I'm actually closer to starting something rather than far away. Is that making sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really with you. So yes. there's redemption in our stories. And since we're in a time when the entire human culture is trying to be reimagined, even though most people don't know that, that's what's trying to happen. It's really a valuable thing for a per person to take their birth story, whatever it might be, most of it's gathered from family. And there's always a the seeds of uniqueness in it. Like once I was doing this with a, you know, a workshop, people in a workshop. And and after a while, one guy raises his hand and he says, you know, this is really upsetting me. He said, everybody's talking about their birth story and all. I was an orphan. I don't know anything about my birth. I don't know my mother. I don't know my father. No one ever, he's listening this whole thing. And I wait till he's finished and I said, well, that's your birth story. <laughs> you are here out of nothing. You're produced by absence. You are an orphan from the beginning. Most people don't find out they're an orphan until they're in midlife crisis. And, and I said, so, and now you should study all the stories of heroes. Moses was 
you know, put in a basket and set on a river. All those many, many mythic stories of someone, someone who is put away when they're born, they don't have a family, and they wind up finding out that they have capacities and they become, you know, usually they become heroic. One of the big topics that we talk about in this year's Shamanic Wisdom Summit is the rise of the divine feminine, the recognition of the importance of this part of us that's been really missing culturally, is the recognition, the appreciation, the valuing of, and the wisdom of the feminine, of the divine feminine. And one of the people that I love that will be on the summit, uh, and just had a wonderful talk with, was Matthew Fox, theologian Matthew Fox. Matthew is a prolific author of books dedicated to renewing the ancient tradition of creation spirituality. And um, he really understands and has a deep connection with these earth-based mystical traditions of the feminist. And he welcomes the arts and artists. Um, he honors the indigenous wisdom and he works with the science uh, and mixing that in. And he's committed to interfaith approaches to eco-social and gender justice. Matthew, the first time I discovered Matthew was he was a Catholic priest for, I think, 36 years uh, before he was actually thrown out for his radical ideas of the Catholic Church. And he's now, an, I think, Episcopalian minister. But the first time I actually got attention to him was he was doing these huge uh, rave masses where, because he, he really recognizes the need for contemporary uh, involvement in spirituality. And so he was doing these, these uh, big techno masses, he would call them. And so here's a clip from Matthew Fox uh, from the summit. And again, you can get a free ticket by going to welloflight.com. There, there are many elements to the, to the feminist philosophy, and that's how I see it. And many men are feminists today and more are coming into it. And I think science is becoming far more um, relational and, um, and therefore more feminist. And um, and the idea that that science to tell us today that everything is interdependent. Well, there's a whole basis for compassion in that. That's a whole re revolution in morality and ethics that's just staring us in the face. Now, science and religions of all kind, when they go to their depth um, in their true teachings, are on board together about how important compassion is because compassion is the working out of our interdependence. It's like Eckhart says, what happens to another, whether it be a joy or a sorrow, happens to me. That's, that's compassion. We celebrate one another's joys and we undergo one another's suffering and try to relieve what suffering we can. That We're, we're on the cusp of something where science and, and religions can really come together on, this, on important issues of how humans need to behave in order to survive and how we need to treat other species in order to survive. So compassion is at the front of the, of the line right now. And um, the question is, are we, are we up to catching up? To, and, 
And in doing so, of course, we would be celebrating the greatest wisdom of our ancestors, whether you're talking Buddha or Jesus or Muhammad or Isaiah or Black Elk, they're all really teaching this one thing, that we're here to um, uh, pass on health, beauty, goodness to other generations, and not to hoard, and not to play these ego games. One of the big topics that we've been exploring at the Shift Network and in the Shamanism Wisdom Summit for the last seven years that I've been hosting and producing it is the whole area of inclusion and cultural appropriation. And we've really gone out of our way to have a great deal of diversity and also to address the issues of cultural appropriation. Um, and uh, we hired a, a chief inclusion officer this year, Reverend Dr. Aliyah Mahone. She's an evolutionary and racial healing champion. She's known for her transformational work with um, people facing future-defining crossroads, major loss, and she's a champion for the disadvantaged, uh, particularly uh, people who are dealing with trauma, and uh, she's become part of this whole thing. So we had quite a few conversations uh, before we even did this around the area of, you know, reciprocity, as, as uh, Puma talked about, sacred reciprocity, and how do we share these wisdom keepers without taking something from them, but actually giving them something? And I'm going to play a comment that I made in the interview. I'm also one of the speakers as well as the host and producer. So let me play one of the things that I said to give you an idea of how we're looking at these issues that we hold ancestrally and the the need for reparation and the challenges that we have now going forward as a human race to really deal with slavery, the uh, schools that we tried to integrate people but really uh, take away their language and all, all the different things that we've done with uh, native peoples in the past and how do we address that and how do we address that in a sense of ancestral um, issues. So here's a blurb from one of my talks uh, that I gave. I was working with someone recently, just reminded me, I was working with someone who's great grandfather or great great I think it was great grandfather was a slave owner and even had written a book about you know being a slave owner and this person was carrying a lot of guilt and remorse and shame around this instead of actually saying I'm 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 the source of reparation, literally, for slavery by honoring that that's what they did and I'm not doing that and I'm doing everything I can to participate in the reparation of the damage, whether it's genocide, whether it's slavery, whether it's dropping atomic bombs, uh, genocide, all of these things live inside us because we're not separate. And so we talk about reparation and there's reparation like giving money or giving land or doing those things. But I think the more important reparation, maybe not for the person that's suffering, but for our own suffering is honoring that we have already 
change the course, that we're not going to be mercenaries, that we're not going to drop bombs on people, that we're not going to go to war, um, and that we're not going to speak and listen to people as less than we are. This year, we really expanded the Shamanic Wisdom Summit, and uh, there's two new co-hosts that are working with me, and I'm just thrilled to have them with me. One of them is Shauna Blue Star Newcomb. She is Shawnee LaPay uh, La Azteca. She's uh, just a powerful young woman whose father wrote and did a movie about the domination code, went back to the, the Catholic Church and looked at the records all the way back to the 1400s and really outlined this um, particular code that's in our psyche, it's in our laws, and it is this idea of uh, the domination code and the right of discovery. So uh, believe it or not, uh, many people know this, but a lot don't, that this whole idea of like Columbus discovering America. Columbus didn't discover America. There were people here long before Columbus. But because the Catholic Church said, if we go here, then we want we discovered we own this land and we own the people and our duty is to turn them into Christians. So Shauna Bluestone Newcomb is just an amazing young woman. And... Um, and she talks about in the in her talk the reverence code and the change makers course and the sacred feminine rising many issues that are really important um, to to look at our own interconnection with all of life. So here's a little clip from one of Shauna's talks. Receiving messages and prayers and things of that nature. Um, having a deeper sense of the ceremonies and traditions is a really big part of, of this time as well. And the more that we can connect, whatever it may be, like your ancestry, the connections that are coming through right now, part of the reverence code and what I speak on that level is that I see, you know, the original spirituality of the planet, no matter, even no matter where we are in the planet every continent had an earth-based spirituality at one time. It was only through the process of colonization that little by little things were taken away and slowly people started to go into this modern day world that we see now. But there is this deep yearning for something more, for, for connection with nature, for connection with our ancestors. And I feel my experience and many others is that the ancestors are right here with us guiding us and really cheering us on to make the changes and, and come back to ourselves and remember um, in our, you know, deep, deep wisdom and knowledge and deep historical truth before all of this domination code really set in in the way that it has. So it's really deep healing. And I feel like there are bright, um, there's a bright future ahead. It's, it's just a time of working through some some deep healing right now, so. <laughs> and that was Shauna Blue Star, and she's just a powerful young, powerful young speaker and woman doing amazing work in the world. 
And all of these people are doing amazing work. So I just want to give you a little taste of them. And again, you can get a free pass to listen to all of these from the 16th, um, starting the 16th of July. So coming up very soon. And two of my absolute favorite people on the planet are Mirabai Starr and Andrew Harvey. And I did actually a little panel with them, and I'll play you uh, one of the cuts from them. Mirabai, if you don't know Mirabai Starr, she's an amazing author. Um, she's a teacher of philosophy and world religions at University of New Mexico in Taos for the last 20 years. She's been uh, translating many of the uh, saints and done an incredible job with translations of John and the John of the Cross, Teresa Avila, uh, just beautiful, beautiful work and beautiful person. And then we put her together with Andrew Harvey. They're doing some teaching and writing together right now. And uh, just two very passionate mystics. Andrew is a dear friend and a, just a passionate, amazing person. He's an author, a speaker. He's the founder and director of the Institute of Sacred Activism. He's worked with the UN on uh, global issues and spirituality. He's taught at Oxford and Cornell, uh, many different colleges, California Institute of Integral Study, written many books. And he was featured in the documentary, The Making of a Modern Mystic. He's also part of the Rumi turning the ecstatic, the consciousness of the Christ, reclaiming Christ for a new humanity. He's also the author and, uh, of the amazing Tibetan book of the living and dying, which is a really powerful uh, book. So I want to play a clip with Andrew and Mirabai together. How can we use this devotional these devotional practices to get more embodied and and recognize the in spacious interior that's needed to hold the essence of the divine feminine mm. I, there's no accident that the way that we've treated women for thousands of years is mm. reflected in the harm we have perpetrated on the no, earth so yeah there's there is a direct correlation. And I think a lot of us are recognizing that right now. Um, you know, just a simple practice that is part of my everyday life is connecting physically with nature every day somehow. And now it's very easy for me because I live on the border of National Forest in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains of Northern New Mexico. So I just walk out the door and I'm in, in you know, endless trails um, in the mountains, but no matter where you live or what your physical abilities are, there's a way every day to reconnect with her without the, you know, the, the iPhone and listening to the podcasts. No, no offense to you, Michael, who's such a beautiful <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> Listen to Michael when you're cooking dinner, but <laughs> be outside and breathe her breath and feel her on your skin and listen to her creatures making their small sounds and so this is a daily practice for me is is always um, remembering by physically touching her that I belong to her and that resonates through the rest of of my day my biggest discovery in the last 20 years has not been 
given me by a great teacher or even by a vision. It's been given to me by my cat. And what I've discovered is that when you love an animal with your whole being unconditionally, the animal shows you how to be far more embodied in love than you ever imagined yourself capable of. Because when I lie on my bed with my cat and I put my hand on her belly and she purrs and she folds herself around my hand and I feel overwhelming love for her and overwhelming love from her, my whole relationship to my body becomes utterly delicious and tender and grounded and simple beyond words. So I live in a city. I connect every morning on a walk to the mother and I bless the light and I bless the trees. But the way I constantly tune myself is through my love for my cat and my cat's love for me. And so many people listening must have animals. And what I would just say to you from the bottom of my heart is, if you love your animal now, just plunge into that love and be fearless in your adoration of her as your dog or your cat. And she will teach you extraordinary truths about how to come in to the body, the real body, the love body that you essentially are. One of everyone's favorites in years past with the Shamanic Wisdom Summit is Alberto Violdo. He is a medical anthropologist and has studied the shamanic healing practices of the Amazon and the Andes for over 30 years. He's the founder of the Four Winds Society, which is one of the primary teaching schools in North America on uh, shamanic wisdom and shamanic education. And, uh, and this year I did a panel with his wife, which was just a delight. Marcella Lobos has been extensively in initiated in the healing and spiritual traditions of the Amazon and the Andes. She was born and raised in Chile, and she leads shamanic journeys for women to awaken, awaken, to awaken their own power, grace, and wisdom. She's also the co-founder and director of the shamanic school Los Cuertos Caminos and senior teacher at the Four Winds Society. So she and uh, Alberto are quite a pair. Here's a clip from the Wisdom Summit coming up. Again, the Shamanic Wisdom Summit begins in, it begins July 16th. And if you want to get a free pass, again, go to wellofLight.com and uh, it's on the homepage there. You can just click on it and get a free pass. I hope you'll join us. Here's uh, Alberto and Marcella. Marcella actually trained with the Machi. The Machi are the Chilean medicine women. That um, the men are kind of the water, the water boys in this tradition. Even though that's changing, because the men misbehaved, so the women took over the medicine for many generations now, and um, so it's a it's a very strong but yielding feminine that um, 
it's also very much in touch with the cycles of life and death and of renewal. You know, the masculine wants to prolong life as long as possible, wants to smooth things out. The feminine says, no, bring the death on so that the new can come and the birth can happen. And um, and that's that doesn't require a lot of support from the masculine. It just requires the masculine to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. The masculine to get out of the way, and the fem and the masculine in the and the feminine to surrender, right? To 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 be open, to be open, be open. To, to have its mind blown, and to be terrified. Where was the place where you really were able to surrender? Because sometimes when we talk about surrender. You know, for men, it's weakness. And, and for women, it's like, I've been surrendering all my life. Uh, there's a misunderstanding of what that means to surrender. So maybe you can address that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, we have to recognize that the feminine, it's that very yin and like winter-like energy um, going within and into the earth and seeing what is needed um, deep. But also is the summer expression, is the is the young and being in the forest hunting like the goddess Artemis, is like Hera in the chariot. So of course the, the feminine is cyclical. It has all the phases of the moon from spring or new moon to um, being pregnant and then all the way to decaying and letting die. So um, that's why it's dangerous to think of the feminine with one set of qualities and not her full array. That was Marcella Lobos and Alberto Violdo. And we're getting close to the end of our time here, but of course, no shamanic wisdom summit would be complete without Sandra Ingerman, who's been a tireless champion of shamanism for many, many decades. And uh, I wanted to just play a little clip with her before we sign off. Sandy is the award-winning author of 12 books, including Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragment Itself, Medicine for the Earth, my absolute favorite, and Walking in Light, and many, many more. She's a world-renowned teacher of shamanism and been teaching classes for around 40 years. And uh, she's taught internationally about shamanic journeying, healing, uh, reversing environmental pollution, and using spiritual methods to do that. And so uh, here's a clip with Sandra Ingerman. The greatest method that I've been trying to bring in is that you take away the body, you take away the mind, and after all your dismemberment, you are just spiritual light. And when we can actually feel that light completely being immersed in ourselves, and I teach this as transfiguration, where we are just a being of light, um, I think that's the greatest healing method and light and love are going to be how we heal now in the present and in the future. So I hope you enjoyed these little clips from the upcoming Shamanic Wisdom Summit. I'm really excited about it and wanted to share it with you. All of these clips are actually hour-long uh, talks and interviews that uh, we've done. 
And yeah, all you have to do to get a pass is to go to welloflight.com. That's W-E-L-L-O-F-L-I-G-H-T.com. And just uh, sign up for a um, free pass. And we'd love to have you join us. The, the pass is good for 48 hours after each speaker. So uh, a lot of people like to purchase it if they want to, but there's no need at all. It is a free pass, no strings attached. And I, I just want to say how much I appreciate your listening and your presence and your opening to the possibility of what we're offering here. I do this once a year. It takes me three full months to actually produce this. And uh, that's why I'm sharing it with you today. And I'm just so grateful to all of you for listening and for connecting and being part of the, the Well of Light. Also, if you want to see some of these clips, you can go to Well of Light on YouTube. And there are many, many clips there uh, that you can check in with and watch and find something. So I hope you're staying cool in this hot weather and um, really allowing yourself to go inward and enjoy that inner spaciousness that comes from being still. Sometimes that's the best thing to do, is just to be still. Until next week, this is Michael Stone. Thank you so much for listening to this recording about the Shamanic Wisdom Summit coming up. Bye for now. We Earth Radio is an independently produced program supported by listeners like you. We are committed to bringing you leading-edge thinkers in the areas of environmental restoration, social justice, conscious evolution, and spiritual fulfillment. If you would like to receive our complimentary newsletter, The Well of Light, make a contribution, or listen to any of our past shows, go to our website, welloflight.com. Thank you so much for your commitment to a world that works for all life.